In the heart of the state of the art, at the dawn of the next stage in entertainment, you found no proscenium. You have indeed found No Proscenium, the voice of everything immersive. I'm your host, Noah Nelson, and this is your February 4th, 2022 edition of the show. This week, we are joined by Jen Davis Wilson, better known in the VR chat community as Fiona, where she is one of the organizers of the VRC Prefab's world building community and a world maker in her own right. You can spot her in the recent documentary, We Met in Virtual Reality. Fiona has begun curating lists of worlds to explore over at NoPro's sister site, Everything Immersive, and we'll chat about how that effort came together and the fascinating shape, like the truly fascinating shape of the VR chat communities. It's a great conversation with an old friend. But first, your headlines for the week from this time out, yours truly. We're going to start off with the big news of the week, a double take of good news, bad news for Meta Platforms, the company formerly known as Facebook. First, the good news, which you might not have heard. The Quest Store has passed the $1 billion mark in software sold, with the platform having launched just in 2019. This on the heels of Component supplier Qualcomm estimating the number of quests sold to be in the range of 10 million units, and the reports from the holiday season from software developers of record sales of their apps as all those headsets made it into the hands of consumers. Pretty good all on its own. And now for the bad news, which I'm sure you've heard by now. The company reported its earnings this week, and they are down, with the company getting hit on multiple fronts. They're looking at $10 billion in lost ad revenue because of changes in the iOS rules that limit customer tracking, and they've seen a decrease in daily users for the Big Blue app for the first time. This has shaken Wall Street's confidence in the company, and the stock took a major hit, losing $232 billion, not which is what I thought it was at first, but $232 billion in value, the largest ever fall for a company in a single day. The stock is still down, and reports emerged yesterday that Facebook is going to focus on video as part of their battle with the explosively popular TikTok. What hasn't been heard are any major changes to their strategy around Reality Labs, that's the umbrella under which the immersive technology and content sits, that has been a lost leader to the tune of $10.2 billion last year. No word on changes to that division for the company as it makes big bets on the metaverse future. Will the stunning loss of over a quarter of the company's value put breaks on their big bet? Or will Facebook double down and charge forward with a singular vision? A lot rides on that. Pivoting to another big tech company, 
that is deeply involved in the entertainment industry and our space as well. Netflix continues to take steps into the realm of the physical immersive, announcing an immersive showcase at the Design Museum in London that will open this summer. According to Netflix's Steve Johnson, vice president of design, the, quote, new immersive exhibition will take a closer look at the key elements of the Netflix experience, its evolution over time, and our underpinning design philosophy. The exhibit will also showcase this design journey from a different perspective through fan favorites, unquote. Netflix is no stranger to the immersive world with multiple pop-ups over the years thanks to their partnerships with Secret Cinema and Fever, the Stranger Things retail experience, and reported plans to leverage the recently acquired Roald Dahl library to create even more attractions. Very interested to see what Netflix gets up to next in this space. Back in the realm of the virtual, Mozilla is retiring its VR version of Firefox, known as Firefox Reality, but those who have come to rely on it should maybe take your hands off the panic button, with a new team taking over the project, which will now be called Wolvik. Snickety-snicked, I guess. Keep an eye on this one, yeah? Finally, Tenderclaws, creators of the Underpresents, announced their latest game this week, Virtual Virtual Reality 2, a sequel to the cult hit Virtual Virtual Reality that will launch on February 10th on MetaQuest and Rift and on February 17th on Steam VR. Eagle-eared listeners might spot a few familiar voices from the under in the mix, and we'll have more on next week's podcast when Catherine Yu interviews Danny Canizaro and Samantha Gorman, founders of the studio, right here on the podcast. I think I even said that twice. And those are your headlines for February 4th, 2022. And before we get into this week's episode, I just want to give uh, a little production note update and some major thanks. And thanks is going to take us a minute. So uh, February's turned into an unexpected make or break month for us. Uh, having the pandemic stop us from putting on the next stage uh, has really thrown a wrench in the works on our plans, our vision, and possibly even our direction. I am staring down the barrel of uh, possibly need to go get a day job, and that could drastically impact how much we're able to put into the work over here, at least on my end. The team, being all volunteers, are still going to hold through, and NoPro is not going away. But the degree of existence of NoPro, and whether or not this show exists, and the newsletters exist, and some things like call sheet and the rundown, a lot of the grunt work, which, you know, is something that we do behind the scenes and what you pay for as part of the Patreon, uh, that's that's jeopardized uh, if I have to go full time. Uh, so we put a call out this week uh, to push it forward. We have many miles to go uh, before we are at sustainable. We're at about, you know, somewhere between uh, a third... And uh, yeah, we're, we're in the spot where we're about a third of the way, uh, getting close to halfway to what would be sustainable, um, depending on how fast we get there, really. That, that makes the difference. Funny how debt works. But it was really incredible to see so many people step up this week and join us over at patreon.com slash no proscenium. We had, um, well, I'm just going to read off these names and you're going to see this is a big week for us. Mariano Otero. Jen Davis Wilson, who, yes, is the guest this week on the show, Kevin Fulham, Caroline Murphy, Charlie Athanas, 
April Sataman, Jessica Outlaw, Manny Marquez, Kimberly Adams, Greg Borund, Chelsea Sutton, Paul Sizik, Stacey H. Hernandez, Jason Moore, Mike Knowlton, Spectacle and Mirth, Lizzie Zabreco, Edward Rice, Lori Landay, Laura Lem, Michaela Bulky, M. Becker, Ian Garrett, Christy Casey, and Andrew. And also we had an increase from Jacob Patterson, Steph Perita, Brett Cooner, Deirdre Butchko, Andrew Huffner, and Rory Coleman Mitchell. And I feel terrible because I probably butchered someone's name and I hate doing that, but I was not going to be able to get through it if I didn't just read through and just not take a breath. So I'm sorry. If I got it wrong, please tell me and I'll, I'll read it out again and chastise myself here on the podcast. It is deeply humbling to have like 25 people jump in. Uh, that's the most we've ever had. And that was in a 24 hour period. Uh, and the silly part of me goes, if we could have that happen a few more times, we'd be fine. And I know that's not entirely realistic. And I know we're doing really well in terms of how many pledges we get in from uh, our listener base and our readers. Uh, but, we're, but, but we can do more. And we're only asked two or five bucks a month. And if, if we had, if we overperformed, if we sincerely overperformed what most publications and blogs do when they are crowdfunding, uh, well, not even like sincerely, like if we like if we did like half again as much as what one could expect, we would be fine. Um, and the catch twenty two being that we need the resources to commit to doing more work. Otherwise, we have to go and do other work, which slows down. So this this kind of rock in a hard place. That said, um, while I am looking for other employment right now and figuring out, are there things I can do on the consulting end? Can we get some sponsorship in here? All doors are open. We can piece this together somehow. Um, know that the core functions are definitely safe for a good while. And even if we have to do something with the podcast qua podcast, uh, the review crew will stick around and uh, no pro will not fade from this earth. And that is everything to do with the generous support all of you I've been putting in all this time and all of you who answered the call. And I didn't have much hope as January rolled on. And now I'm full of it. Hope. I'm full of hope. Okay. Uh, <laughs> really, I'm I'm like genuinely smiling on the inside for the first time in a long time, and it's all because of you. Thank you. Um, on that note, let's get into the interview this week because it's been the longest opening segment we've had for quite some time. But we also only have one segment this week. Here we go. And now we are joined by one of our old friends, Jen Davis-Wilson, who is known as Fiona on VR Chat and helps lead the VR Chat Prefabs World Building Community, which is a mouthful. <laughs> had her tell me again. <laughs> but that it perfectly describes exactly what uh, the community is. It is a group of world builders who share prefabricated elements in order to expand their uh, creative horizons. Would you say that's correct? Did I get that yes. part right? Good. Yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. the The mission of our, com- of our community is um, knowledge sharing around world building, which is, in a lot of ways, just basic Unity development, but focused on VR chat. All right, um, VR chat's having a bit of a moment because the metaverse is having a bit of a moment. But we're also mm-hmm. having you on because uh, a few months ago, uh, not a few months ago, months and months ago, we reached out uh, about. Once the Everything Immersive site was in a condition where we could do this particular thing, uh, if you'd be interested in curating up uh, some of the many, many, many worlds uh, that your community has created, uh, that uh, that you found, that you all enjoy, and you've started doing that of late. Yeah. So um, as ViewChat has grown, there are literally tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands by now, I don't have a current metric, of worlds uploaded to the site. And back when VR chat was small, um, you could pretty easily know what the good content that was coming out and um, there would be a lot of hype about it. But there's so many creators and there's so much good stuff and the stuff that was good is now better um, that I really wanted to make sure that there was some way to help people find it. Um, kind of the the signal to noise has has decreased over time. The content, mm-hmm. the good content has gotten a lot better, but so the bad content has gotten a lot more numerous, right? So I'm not going to say bad content. I'm going to say not as worthwhile content. So uh, <laughs> uh, that's the same thing said two different ways. I just want to one of these a little cattier, actually. Uh. Well, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say that like um, there's definitely a place for yet another rest and sleep bedroom. Um, but if you want to find some of the stuff that's maybe a little more interesting, and especially if you're new to VRChat, and that's really the impetus for this whole effort, um, within the app itself, the content discovery is not really great. And I know the team has been working on that behind the scenes. They have a lot of things in the works, but as world builders, we want people to visit our stuff and we want to see other stuff. And so um, I'm like, okay, this seems like a really great time to start off on an off-app platform, um, especially one that is not already uh, focused on the VR chat community, the people who are already there. So I knew that this holiday season was going to be a big one for the Quest 2. Um, I think everybody knew that, right? Um, that's just, uh, and it was, right? Uh, VR chat had record concurrency numbers starting in New Year's Eve. And that has, those numbers have continued, by the way, like, mm. like almost doubled um, the current, the, the previous um, record concurrency. So I decided to start with a, so you have a Quest 2, you want to get into VRChat. It's very easy to go into VRChat the first time and have a bad experience because yeah. it would be like, you know, I heard New York City is a great cultural mecca. Let's go there. And what you do is you show up at Times Square and you're accosted by the, you know, preachers and the people painted silver. And you think this is what everyone in New York is like. So I put together a little like, hey, here's how you can kind of like enter your chat on your quest and have a good time. Um, and that sort of like uh, effort... Um, where we started. But what I really want to do is just kind of like give some people a place to go and say, hey, what's good this week? Or what's some like old stuff that I would like to check out that's really good quality. So I started to um, make some playlists based around both the new content, kind of the best of the new stuff, and then kind of like digging up more uh, content specific lists for the old stuff. So we've just kind of started that effort. I've got, I think, like uh, six or so 
lists on there that have just been uploaded this month and a lot more in the works. Oh yeah. And, and in those lists, there's a lot like I'm, I'm on the other side of uh, the editorial uh, and the content curation process here and just like approving things. And so I'll, I'll jump in and like, there'll be like 15 things waiting to like be, <laughs> be cleared. I'm like busy bees, constantly busy bees. And, and to the point about like the, the variety of, of work and, and kind of the, the varying quality you see on VR chat as a whole, right? Cause there, there's, there's some people who, you know, it's their, it's their first time making a world, you know, they're, they're not kind of, you know, they're just kind of kicking it around and maybe don't know. And there's some stuff that's kind of older, but when you are dealing with, you know, thousands upon thousands of creative projects uh, and no real guide, I mean, you know, we had Joe hunting uh, whose documentary uh, we met in virtual reality, which you're mm-hmm. in for a hot second. I am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was in Sundance. Uh, and one of the things I was really struck by in that piece was that, you know, there are whole subcultures in VR chat that oh, definitely. you'd have no idea existed um, without that film or without having someone guide you and, and tell you that things are up and about. Oh yes. Um, one of the worlds that I think is um, uh, really underappreciated in the best request list is the um, there's a, a little organization called VRCon that puts together a uh, world with booths from various communities. And the one they had this year, it's really great if you are new, it's quest compatible. And you go in there and it's just like, um, imagine a convention for subcultures. And so it'll be like, hey, we like cars. Here's our Discord. Here's our home world. Or we want to role play uh, as this specific avatar. Um to like meditation groups, um, dance groups, lots of uh, yeah, gaming specific. The dancing I found really fascinating oh, because yeah. it it implied that there was you know, sufficient numbers of people who have full body tracking to. I'm, 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 am I being wrong here that that there's? Oh no! You know, everyone's uh, using full body tracking to like do those dance setups. So uh, the full body tracking, there are these very dedicated communities of people who are in VR, are excellent dancers, have full body, or they just aren't excellent dancers, but they like to dance. Um, You don't have to have the six point tracking. And when we talk about that, what that is, is um, in VR, you will always have your two hands and your head tracked. Um, In most other VR apps, if you have legs at all, those are determined of how they move by algorithm. Um, if you have six point trackers, you will then have one on your waist and one on each foot or ankle. And that way, um, uh, it's tracking all those and it can be very realistic and very, mm. very good for, for dancing. It will, it will capture a large amount of what your, your body is doing. And that technology is only getting better. Yeah. That's, that's a huge thing. I have full body tracking. I feel very weird if my legs don't move the way my legs in real life are moving in VR now. Um, yeah. But even if you don't, you can still get a lot of the experience with just three point. And so I'm going to say, even if you just have a quest two, go dance, go take a dance class. Absolutely. It is, it is <laughs> surprising. Like as I, you know, I, I have kind of like a, a touch and go relationship with, with VR these days in part because of like, you know, I don't spend as much time in the headsets. Maybe I thought I was going to, or, or was maybe even hoping to. But one of the things that does bring me back in is when I find something that 
is asking me to move in a way that feels novel or mm-hmm. that 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 the creators are conscious of trying to create, you know, what we might call some somatic effects to the experience as well and not just be like, okay, let's just like head track and let people like zip around with their controllers. Because when I look when if I want to play Halo, I'll play Halo. Mm-hmm. I'll play a lot of Halo. I play a lot of Halo. <laughs> so like I don't need to play Halo in VR. Like if I'm gonna play Halo in VR, I better be having to do Master Chief's moves, right? Mm-hmm. Um and and obviously, you know, like <laughs> I am not Master Chief, or my life would be very different. But um, you, you know this this idea that um, part of the calculation of presence is you know letting you be expressive physically. Um, yes, is, is I think a, a big a big thing that even when you're just doing three off uh, or three three what is it three points of access? Because now this is a new this is a this is a new relatively new term for me. Oh, okay. So, so uh, any given tracker, right, can have different. Um, so, so, like the one, like your one controller. Right. Um, in most VR uh, now, well, has just six the degrees of freedom, just, right? Just so, that, that's, oh, yeah, yeah, when yeah. you say like degrees of freedom, that's for one thing. Right. When we're talking about points of tracking, that's how many trackers. Points you have. of tracking. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Degrees yeah. of freedom versus points of tracking. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah. So even you know you can get a lot out of three points of tracking and six points of tracking that could be really interesting but but those systems are for people who have they're they're dealing with their h like an hp system or a, or a vive something that's got trackers involved uh yeah like uh, there's a lot of tech solutions to and like mm. there's some people that have like hacked in connects um you can actually use a wireless quest with the uh, trackers using another system, hybrid stuff. People do this. However, I don't know how to do that. I just have an index with with um, three extra trackers. Yeah. But there's a lot of t- technology solutions out there, and it's only going to get better. Yeah. Um, so so I'm going to say that like if you're interested in that, just do a Google. You'll find you'll find out how to do it with whatever hardware you have. Yeah. It could also be maybe it'll be interesting to see. Has there been any speculation um, that Sony's PSVR two might go for more tracking because they've traditionally used the PSI camera as part of their solution. I actually don't know. I mm. try to stay out of hardware speculation because I actually worked at Facebook and hardware. Right. So um, uh, I don't get into those conversations <laughs> <laughs> out of habit. You, uh, you, you've got enough road map <laughs> knowledge. They're like, well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I get it. I get it. You'll tell me afterwards. well Um, and also and i mean honestly the reason that i got out of hardware is because um even though the technology is fascinating i am really more about the end experience i don't care how you get there i want to make an experience that or i'm interested also in having the experience that makes you not think about that part right so and then this is one of the things that actually like you know when i'm doing the the content curation um people who create the things when they are um, put it this way we have an entirely new medium in which anything is possible and yet the most common things i see are bedrooms and apartments and other realistically recreated real world fairly claustrophobic experiences Um, or space 
I don't know why, but everyone goes to space in VR. When I see someone do something that's completely different, right? Like, wow. Uh, I think one of the one of the ones um, in the Surreal Dreams list, there's this art gallery called The Mole. And the building is this like really strange dome that kind of has a face on it like a mole. And the whole place is like just kind of like weird. I love that, right? Because like, or when you're like, um, someone has a new way of doing something or something that like literally you can't exist. Yeah, uh, there's a fire tornado. There's just like big tornado of flames and you can just like go run into it and get swirled around and flung out. Those are the kind of things that VR is really good at. See, and I, I, also, I love that stuff. I also understand the impulse and the impetus to start with something familiar, particularly when it comes to onboarding normies into this sort of mm-hmm. stuff, right? Oh, it's definitely. Like, definitely. You know, and and I also think that there's something like what's exciting to me about it is the prospect that someone goes and like studies some like Frank Geary designs and like, you know, and and Frank or Lloyd Wright designs, like gets like super architectural, but then skins it in really weird ways, but is still hyper-conversant in the way that space actually is moved through by people and and knows what it is. It's like when someone's learning to draw or any kind of art form. You kind of kind of know the basics before you then go and subvert it. And the better you know the, the basics, the more impactful – I just said impactful. Uh, mm-hmm. God, no. Make but no, I, I, yeah. I, I, complete, I completely agree. Yeah. And one of the nice things about having been in this community for a long time is I have seen people grow and they started off with um, maybe just using asset packs or doing like very rudimentary um, building and over, you know, getting experience with how places work in VR and getting more references from real life stuff, they started to create their own thing Um I think uh, a really good example of that, and I think this was in the the New Worlds list, the first top 10 New Worlds list, uh, Winter Company by Lucifer M. Star. Uh, if you saw his early work, it was, you know, just asset packs thrown together, bad lighting. Over time, he has like over 70, probably over 100 at this point, worlds in which he has just gotten references and inspiration from real life. And he finally created this one space, Winter Company, that has that cozy winter cabin feel with all of the ways that you like to see in VR, like the, the little like cozy theater room, um, the different materials, the lighting, the like, you know, oh, well, this space, we can, we don't have to move to another space to go from a pool table to a coffee table to a futon. We can just click a button and have it swap out. Like, I, I think he's doing really good work. He's just one example of a lot of people that have done this. They And, and I think that is one of those things is like, over time, like even drawing from the real world, adapting that in VR and what are the VR cultural norms in your particular space and how that grows over time and then becomes its own design as well. Definitely things that are grounded in real life are where people spend what I'm what I call the majority of their social negative space. So mm-hmm. the most if you look on the and this is one of the things about content discovery is um it tends to reward metrics that are not, I'm going to use the word impactful because it's actually true. They're not necessarily the most impactful experience, but they're a comfortable experience. So, mm. you know, your bedrooms, your bars, your clubs, your 
a literal empty box in front of a mirror because you spend most of your other time relaxing and talking with people because honestly, people are still the most interesting content that you can find in a platform. Um, to, you know, I'm assuming that you know interesting people, let's say. But <laughs> let's say, uh, but if you're rewarding number of visits or amount of time spent, then you are really rewarding those negative spaces. Um, and those can be really well done. Absolutely. But sometimes you want to take a field trip. Uh, one list I have in the works right now is curated by my good friend Octoplex. And it is literally, he has over time collected liminal spaces and surreal worlds. So when he saw my surreal dreams from the new list, that's just like, you know, the ones that came out in the last month or so. He's like, wait, I have surreal worlds for you. Some truly weird stuff. And I'm like, yes, that will make a great list. Because sometimes you just want to take your friends and be like, hey, let's just go like mess with our minds a little bit. And so you go, you're not going to spend all your time in an empty room with an ominous six foot hot dog. Right? But you might want to visit that just to have that experience, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, like there's something there's something to there's very much a relationship I see here, particularly in terms of the socialization aspect in these spaces when they are fantastical, to the kind of folks who are big theme park heads and who go hang out at Disney. Mm-hmm. I've been one of those people, uh, you know, who's like enjoyed headed down to say California adventure and sit out and just like people watch and be in a space, a very consciously designed space. There's an enjoyment to it. Uh, that is sort of the, the perfect polar opposite of just getting out into nature, which I also really enjoy. Right. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a weird way in which it's like almost like the North pole and the South pole. Like both of them are, you know, you know, they are the polar opposites. Duh. That's the language works. Duh. Uh, <laughs> but but also just experientially, you know, being in you know out at in the Red Rocks Desert uh, outside of Vegas uh, versus you know being at Disneyland in you know Cars Land to pick another desert, like they evoke some of the same feelings or the same parts of the self kind of start to open up, even if the the tune being played is different. Both are music. Does that make sense at all? It does. Yeah. Um, well, and yeah, and I think um, d- different personality types and different moments in time, you will want more or less novelty, right? And so, like, sometimes you don't, you don't have, like, you're just like, I just. I just want to exist and chill and as have things be familiar and comforting. And sometimes you're like, you know what? I'm a little bored. Let's go find something new and different. Um, and I think being able to like make the novel then normal is also like a thing that VR can do for you, mm. you know? And so like, be like, okay, you know, what is now my normal space is like, you know, my bedroom, you can stay there and that's perfectly fine. But there are definitely people who make their home worlds in, you know, these bizarre, fantastical places and spend a lot of time there as well. Um, And that becomes their new normal and boring. Um, And I think that's one of the things that I I like about VR is the fact I, I crave novelty. 
right? So I love world hops. I uh, host a party every week in VR and I make it a point to be in a different venue every week. Also as a way, it's just kind of showcasing the work that people are doing. Um, but at the same time, there's other parties that I go to that are always hosted in the same place. And that's comforting because you know what the flow of that place is. You know where people are going to naturally con congregate. You know who tends to hang out in this area versus this area. So there's definitely spaces for both of those, I think. Now, we've talked a lot about the social VR aspects of it. Um, and that's a big, big part. And a lot of these spaces are, you know, for social activities or they're for dance classes or they're just for activities in, in general. And I think as people, as uh, we met in virtual reality becomes, you know, more readily accessible, uh, you know, on the festival circuit, after the festival circuit, I think people will have a pretty good sense of the, the, the dynamics at work if they, if they want to check it out without having a headset. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also really interested in, obviously, here at NoPro, like, we're interested in narrative, we're interested in the dramatic and the way people are using these spaces to create narrative or narrative experiences. Um, how much of that, and you yourself have been someone who's made a, a world that's had puzzles and, and a narrative, how, how many in these lists um, or, or and how many people in the community are pursuing that kind of creation? So that's actually... That's actually really interesting because there people are approaching it in a number of different ways. Um, we have, I'm going to say the vast majority of spaces are blank slates, narrative free. Uh, sometimes they are, you know, game rips in which the lack of narrative for me, I feel that excruciatingly like a game rip with none of the plot in it is almost worse than you know, having not seen it at all, it, it just it feels more empty than like a, a generic one would. Um, and I think that's, that's because I really like that narrative. Now, some people are making full game experiences with a scripted plot, where you have to go through. Um, uh, the devouring was definitely like that a lot of the spookality entries. Uh, that's like the Halloween contest over the years have been kind of like based on that. A lot of the horror experiences tend to be very narrative heavy and they're much more like your typical games. People definitely do those because it's a social VR platform though. I'm going to say the stronger narrative experiences are ones that are targeting that. So there is a very healthy RP culture in in vr chat and so you'll have these for those who don't speak nerd um. <laughs> yeah so role-playing and it's literally the larps of this group right so um they will build a space around whatever the theme is whether it's like a dingy bar whether it's a cyberpunk city whether it's you know that kind of stuff and then they will all get assigned characters based on that have set times that they play mm -hmm. and then the environment lends itself to to that um, the other thing that we've seen are people who are doing uh, narrative performances, especially the interactive narrative performances in VR. Um, and this has been a lot of the um, like immersive theater groups that went that were live actors that kind of like kind of moved to doing more stuff virtually to uh, full on concerts. I attended this this concert this uh, like past like two weeks ago. That was just the world. The, the music was fantastic. The world made the music better, right? Because mm. as we went through it, um, 
the environment, we were like teleported every five minutes or so throughout the 50 minute um, experience. And where we went in the city and the different things that we had to interact with and see kind of told a story that went along with the music the whole time. And I was like, this is amazing. We, I want to see more of, the, more of this. And then not a single word was spoken, right? Uh, it was just telling the story of the music, not in a typical like narrative, like beginning, middle, end sort of plot, but in a- It's kind of an experiential music video. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But you're there with other people who are also experiencing it. And, you know, you can interact with them and talk with them. So like that experience would be different every time you did it, depending on who you're with. That's um, yeah, that is, that's definitely interesting because like you know something and I managed I I I hacked it in a sense to be I mean it didn't do much I just found the program <laughs> that does this uh, and it wasn't perfect but um, you know they made this um, exhibition for Kid A Amnesia uh, like the anniversary they made it in Unreal um, and it's the entire album and it's sadly it's like I think it's single player only there's no like social version of it but there are characters populating it as you move through. And it is like an kind of, it's, it's a very interesting, like interactive, uh, you know, you step on a square and like the, the whole scene changes, the, the lighting, the music, the reactions change, like a different, different stems of the tracks come alive. Each room is a different track on, on the album, mm-hmm. on the extended album. And I don't know how many humans have actually seen this. And it's, it's something you can actually get in. Like if you have a PC, it's, it's a browser window thing, but you can, you know, force it into VR if you want. And it feels so perfect for VR. <laughs> um, and I did force it mostly into VR, just blew up the screen big enough that it looked like I was in VR. And that idea of exploring music um, and exploring the stems, ex- you know, getting down to the details and there being something kind of fractal to it um, really feels like an untapped vein of, of exploration um, and I know that some of the world creators, you know, uh, are very musically inclined, uh, and there's whole worlds that are, are dedicated to, to music. Oh yeah. I have a whole, uh, uh, so music experiences in VR is a major subculture of creators. Um, and I have a whole playlist for just the new ones which is 10 worlds, which are you go in and they will have one to maybe a dozen songs and they will have like particle light show sort of animations that go with it. Um, I love these. And one of them is so gonzo. Like your teeth are just on edge the whole time. Your screen is shaking. Like your eyeballs are fried. Your frames are like at 10 frames and it's just the most intense experience. But going with a group of people and having everyone's like minds blown at the same time was just amazing. Um, as it, And then some of them are just like chill, nice, beautiful particles, kind of like going with chill music. I love those. That is a big thing. And I think that like... Um, it feels like up to now, um, the the technical part has been holding people back. It is mm. a pretty big technical hurdle to like figure out how to make the visuals and experience and animations and sound design and all that stuff that you want. Um, and think about this as like, you know, the beginning of film and photography. How do we even get light onto film into people's eyeballs? Um, you know, like we're still kind of have been working on that. But... 
as the whole community grows, um, and I liken this to like an avalanche, right? So we started out in, you know, 2018 and earlier, it's just the little pebbles rolling down the hill, each one of us slowly gathering our, our own layer of snow as we go down and getting bigger faster. But then more pebbles were added and more pebbles were added and we started to combine together. And as one person grows skills, they share it with other people and they share it. And all of a sudden the, the knowledge is just kind of like turning into an avalanche. And so the the amount of technical growth has really accelerated and just like the the body of knowledge is really great right now and it has started to enable people to do to actually envision the things they want to to make uh i've seen a few worlds where people build their dreams they'll have a dream and they'll be like i want to capture that thing i dreamt and so they will go and put it in vr which is like literally you can experience other people's dreams that's pretty amazing right like and just being able to be like get all that technical stuff out of the way and just create your vision um this is the sort of thing that like really makes me passionate like when i'm like hey we figured out how you can get that thought in your head into someone else's experience without having all of this you know six months of painful development um just make it easier for you. That's the kind of thing that I'd like to see more of uh, as we go along. Make I'm going to say that like it has been focused on technical skills up to now. The thing you're saying about narrative and game design, and those are the hardest things. Mm. Honestly, they are the hardest things, and that's when someone does that well. It, it they could be doing it with uncolored cubes, and you'd still be like, "This is a good game," right? Or they could be doing it with like you know six letters and six tries and they could sell it. <laughs> five letters but yes that's <laughs> right five letters uh, well no you can't do it with five letters anymore that one already got sold to the new york times so you could go for six now <laughs> oh that's yeah. right well i i just played it yesterday <laughs> and i don't know if you've or i guess it's today's 228 yeah yeah it's swan song i'm pretty sure they did that one on purpose yeah yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 see about uh all, all of those um the um as as we head towards a wrap up point here, uh, this this may be a little hard of a question. So so brace yourself. Okay. If you could pick three things, one music thing, one you know narrative world, and one social space that people who have you know the most basic of gear, your quest, your quest two, should maybe start with. What would you What would you recommend? Okay. Um, off the top of your head. Just off the top of my head. Oh, dang. Okay. The thing is, like, I'd, I'd have well, to. I'm not you, sure. can look, you can look at the list if you want to, but like, just you know, don't 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 strain yourself is what I'm saying. Uh, well, I'm I'm trying to think like because the um, um, the quest worlds have really uh, increased over the past few months because um, VRChat did something on the technical side to make more content available. So so there was very little earlier, but there's some really good stuff now, which means that, um, what is quest compatible now, uh, is only going to get better, Mm. but let me think. Um, so one of my favorite, uh, particle animations in the music space is, um, the world's by Mochi. One of them is called the edge. That's a great one to start people with. I'm pretty sure that one is PC only. Um, but if you literally search particle live or um, just uh, particle animations, 
um, in VR chat, you're going to find lots of interesting stuff. So that, that is, I think, where I start with the music one. If you have a PC, definitely check out Mochi's um, particle animations. As far as narratives, oh man, there's been some really good ones. Let me look at my epic adventures list here. Um, so one of my favorite narrative uh, adventures, which is an old one, is just Sketchy Spring. It just seems like a really big open exploration world. But if you dig into it, there's actually quests and a very strong narrative. Um, one of the most rewarding games that is PC only. If you want a really good, just like classic puzzly dungeon crawler, Crypt of the Spirits by Akalink. That's like easy. Like he did a fantastic job. It is, it is, you solve puzzles, you go through the dungeon, there's lava, there's skeletons, there's like light puzzles. Um, yeah, it's just really well done. And sorry, what? Oh, and then social hangout spaces. Okay, my favorite current social hangout spaces are definitely the ones with water beds in them. <laughs> This, this is <laughs> because when you're in VR, you can sit on these and they react to your body. Right. Um, and I think one of them is called like dream waves. Um, and it's this, it's this, uh, uh, prefab that you can buy a shader based. Tell, I don't know. If- tell me they have shag carpets in this thing. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so, and it's, well, and actually they, it was, it was initially sold as like, you could be on a giant pancake or a giant flan. Okay. I, it, okay. it's, it's fantastic. Got, mm, all right. All right. All right. I'm, yeah. I'm, and I'm so just imagine like you're laying on a giant bed made of very soft jello. And even though you can't feel that in real life, oh gosh, it feels like that. Or like, it'll be fluffy and soft, like a cloud. And your body will almost tell you that you're suspended in this way. And it's very relaxing. It's a great place to just like have a drink is, and is chat with people. your perspective altering like is that how they is there's like no, no. So, so imagine uh so so the surface that you're sitting on mm-hmm. reacts to your body so if you right. press your hand on it right. you can see it ripples. that it it ripples and it pushes down with your hand you sink into it it kind of like bubbles up around you and it jiggles right um and but like the, if i were to lay back theoretically Right. If you're if you're not looking at it, you don't get the effect. Okay. Right? It's, it's, okay. It is it's tricking your mind. However, like it's so I don't know why I I just love those worlds. Like those are really great. Um, if those aren't quest compatible, and I'm not sure because I'm usually on PC, um, I'm gonna say uh, the one I referenced before, Winter Company. Mm-hmm. That one is probably one of the best social spaces that I've been in, and it's just a very well designed space with it's got like a cozy fireplace room you can play pool there you can watch movies um you can uh hang out on the rooftop like lucifer knows how to make social spaces and that's probably one of the one of the best ones however if you're on pc <laughs> definitely out context, check out that's really funny <laughs> <laughs> definitely check out the one of the waterbed worlds like dream waves um because like I don't know if you at all have what they call. So, so there's something that in VR chat they call phantom touch. Mm. And that is, that is your ability to actually perceive the physical sensations that you are witnessing with your eyes. And for some people that it is so much that like, if you touch their arm, they will feel it. You know, they're hmm. you know, a lot like, and I think this is um, with amputees, right? Uh, they would have this therapy where they would have phantom pain in a limb 
and they would put a mirror there and like touch the other limb so that you're seeing it happening, even though your nerves on the on the amputated limb are actually being stimulated, but it's the same mental pathways, right? So like, like your brain connects the visual stimulus with your physical stimulus very strongly. And for some people, it's more strong than others. For me, I don't tend to get it so much, but with little like, uh, there was a world that had like cat toys, like <laughs> little fuzzy things. Those were, I was literally ticklish by them. And that just surprised me to know it but yeah your your yeah. brain is very strange that way so i'm gonna say like if you you can you can I know try that you, out <laughs> i know where you speak because like one of the first experiences i had or the, not first one of the second experiences i had in vr was like the second or third vrla this was this was a long time ago and it was up at new deal studios and one of the things that was being shown was like a six-axis controller that had been modified to have these uh, movable plates in the grip of the controller. And it wasn't even something that I didn't even have a headset on, but there was a monitor and the, the gimmick was you were holding the controller and you were told this is a shield and you were looking at the monitor and there were arrows flying at you and you had to use the controller to block the arrows with the shield. And you would, you know, you raise your hand, you raise the shield up, and then the the plates were just designed to just move vertically, right? Just go up and down. That's all mm-hmm. they did was they just rubbed up and down against your hand. And despite the fact that what was happening with the controller was there was just a plate moving up and down on my palm while I was looking at a video screen, watching an arrow come in, when, you know, the properly timed hit on the shield, activated the plate moving up and down, my arm went thunk and moved back. <laughs> I felt the thunk. And my, yeah. my muscles pulled back as if there were weight there, despite that it wasn't an in and out motion, it was an up and down. Mm-hmm. And I found that absolutely fascinating. Right? Oh, yeah. Like there's something there's something in the neuro. That was one of the moments pretty early on where I knew that there was going to be something to this round of VR in a way that there wasn't back in the 90s because some of these somatic things were were happening and it's, it's totally it's totally fascinating to to this day that that kind of thing can happen to me or to anyone yeah jen aka mm-hmm. fiona thank you so much for like for for curating these lists for us but also for like you know, being such a, a force of nature in this community and for, for helping it uh, continue to snowball because there, oh, there is a lot of interesting work in there. You are welcome. And I love to talk. It is literally my favorite thing to talk about. And <laughs> <laughs> like, like, seriously, it just gets me so excited. The best part about starting these curated lists is it means that I have dedicated some time, like every few days to going through literally every single world in the new row and finding the good ones. And I can tell you that that is a really fun experience, especially if you're doing that like in voice chat with other people, because some worlds are hilarious. Some worlds are awesome. And the fact that I'm forcing myself in a way to see all the new content has been really fun and inspiring. And so I'm going to say that like, you guys get to see the the results of, I think me just enjoying the content. And that's why I really liked, I really like doing these lists 
Um, I'm passionate about it and I hope other people really enjoy the ones that I pick out and put in there. And also we're getting new curators very soon. Uh, Lakuza has a list that'll be going up live. Nice. I have a, uh, really wonderful group of streamers called better together VR. They do their own curated world hops. And so I'm going to be, uh, mirroring their VODs and their lists, um, as, as, um, uh, and the spotlight rose soon. So lots more, lots more to come. Fantastic. You can find that. That'll be linked in the show notes, but also you can head over to everythingimmersive.com and you can find uh, right now the new list is on the front page. And once in a while, you'll see the VR chat worlds community just kind of pop up there. We rotate that stuff around, but you will always find a portal into the VR chat worlds lists on the front page of everythingimmersive.com. Again, Fiona, Jen, thank you so much. Thank you. Once again, I want to thank Jen Davis Wilson for being our guest on the show. And indeed, like I just said like two seconds ago, go over, thing, go over to everythingimmersive.com and check out what uh, that team has been curating. Uh, indeed, we're doing a better job. I'm doing a better job uh, this week of and for the foreseeable future of remixing the front page of the website. So the, the, the goal is that everything immersive changes like pretty much a couple of times a week or maybe even one day every day of the week. So you always see something new bubbling up to the top and uh, get yourself uh, onto your next immersive adventure. If you are a creator who want to list things, remember, it's free to list. Maybe that's why I have money flows. Maybe we should be charging everybody. Hey, that's one way to think about it. Just jump on the Patreon and make sure the thing keeps around. Literally, that's 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 basically it. Um, I'm not going to delve too much back into that. Just know that, um, just, just to touch back on what I was saying at the beginning of the show, uh, at the, at the start of last week, uh, of this week, um, there was a moment where I thought I was going to be walking away from um, all of this uh, in order to um, just go clear out my debt. And, uh, you know, we've, I've racked up a fairly significant amount over the course of the pandemic, over the course of the past few years, um, as, you know, we haven't had a lot of opportunities to freelance. And... Um, there's, you know, maybe a couple of opportunities out there that I can track down. Um, I have a weird set of skills, um, and there are some full-time positions in, say, the podcasting universe in particular that someone who has, you know, a quarter century of experience in public radio can leverage, but they want your full attention. And I wouldn't want to be able to, um, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to half-ass this show. Um, any more than I'm already half-assing it. Uh, you know, uh, there's, there's a minimal threshold in terms of what we can put out. That said, the team at NoPro, you know, this is a passion project uh, for them. And that's not going away anytime soon. And even if something drastic has to happen come April or May and I have to go in-house or, or sooner take some job somewhere and not be able to produce things um you know we will be secure in terms of based based on the patreon we would have and if i went full-time somewhere i was taking full-time salary like i would switch the patreon off but luckily there's been enough money in that for at least the next year the the server costs you know 
Acast and you know the newsletter and all this stuff, which racks up. Like it's it's a it's not a neutral amount. Uh, it's not zero uh, to get some of this stuff together. That would be covered by by like the last month of the Patreon uh, for for a while. Um, so that's the way that will break down. I guess I'm gonna get into it. Um, but as the week rolled on, indeed, I didn't even think I was gonna put the call out. Um, and I decided to do that and start try to clever my way out of it. Cause honestly, like I was not feeling very clever. Um, you know, not, not doing the next stage, um, last month after working on it for so long and, and, you know, seeing that, you know, we're, we're, we're going to get left in the dust. Um, others will be able to jump up and produce things and and then the need for us to do a thing starts to kind of diminish in some ways um i was not feeling very um good about my life choices <laughs> and feeling pretty boxed in and feeling like uh the pandemic finally done did me and then the thought of walking away from all this the thought of um taking you know pretty much a decade of my life and being like, well, that was interesting. Um, I, um, I can't do it. I just can't, I, I can't turn my back on this. So been a final way. And it was so incredible to have, you know, to reach out the hand and to see so many people grab it. And that's just been incredible. And I hope I can keep serving you and I hope I can serve you better and I hope I can find better ways to serve you. And, you know, this gives me, okay, shutting up. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's thank the people who back us here uh, month in, month out, uh, our sustaining backers on Patreon, they are Ari Hurston, Brittany, Deborah Robinson, Elaine, Jay Bushman, Jerome Joseph Gentis, David Bassek, Lonnie Hanson, Mark Balthazar, Samuel Mastry, Sydney Guillory, and Jan Budman. No, seriously, I'm not going to do the rest of that thing I was going to do. Uh, the associate producer for this show is Parker Sella. Music for No Persinium is by Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society. Did I list Chris earlier? I swear to God. Chris jumped in. How did I miss Chris? Anyway, I know Chris, I missed you in the list. I don't, I don't know how I did that when I was like listing notes. I saw that come on the email. So thank you, Chris. Um, that now I'm, how was, is that list accurate from earlier? Uh, are, are there some people missing from the emails? Uh, anyway, uh, special thanks to Shimon Lachlan for voicing our intro and for putting, and also for Double E for putting the call out this week. Catherine Yu is the executive over uh, editor over at No Presidium. She'll be back next week uh, and in the interview slot, as we know. And uh, everything wrong with this show is my fault. I'm Noah Nelson. And until next time, seriously, thank you for wearing the mask. Mm-hmm.